We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Go episode 693 of the Al Galdi podcast. It is Monday, November 6th, 2023, and 20 years later, it happened again. <laughs> it is Washington defeating a Bill Belichick head coached New England Patriots team in the regular season. Not since September 28th, 2003. When the Redskins beat the Patriots 2017 at FedEx Field, had Washington beaten Belichick as Pat's head coach in a regular season game until Sunday. And by the way, by the same score, 2017. Steve Spurrier (laughs) in September 2003. Ron Rivera in November 2023. The only Washington head coaches to defeat Belichick as Pat's head coach in the regular season. Spurrier and Rivera. (laughs) Let that sink in. Hello and welcome to this Monday installment of the Al Galdi podcast, a victory Monday installment of the Al Galdi podcast. The commanders of having gone one and five since their 2-0 start to this 2023 NFL regular season. Got a win, a 2017 win at the Pats on Sunday afternoon. And don't look now, but the commanders are the First team out regarding the NFC playoff picture. The Commanders are eighth in the NFC playoff picture, with the top seven teams being in the postseason if the postseason began right now. Uh, The Commanders, the Manders, they are in playoff contention, whether you want them to be (laughs) or not. Uh, Coming up on the show, in-depth reaction to and analysis of this Commanders win At the Pats, next segment, a deep dive on the performance of quarterback Sam Howell in this game. A second consecutive very good game for Sam, even with him throwing a killer red zone interception. But the talk of Sam maybe possibly being the guy, as in 
a franchise quarterback for the Commanders. That talk is gaining major steam. Uh, We on Saturday had a big report from a national NFL insider. We, after the game on Sunday afternoon, had uh, rather telling comments from Commanders interior defensive lineman Jonathan Allen on Sam Howell. I will get into all of that and a lot more on Sam next segment, during which you'll also hear key comments from the post-game press conferences of Sam Howell and Rod Rivera. Uh, I'll then do a lot more on the commander's offense, and then we'll assess the commander's new-look defense and commander's special teams. But how'd the defense do off the trading away of edge defenders Montez Sweat and Chase Young? How maddening was the uh, roughing the passer penalty on edge defender K.J. Henry? Just ridiculous. But lots of good stuff from the commander's defense in this win at the Pats. Also on the show, the rest of our Washington, D.C. area sports weekend, I have a mega-sized college football segment for you off a very good Saturday for James Madison and Liberty and an atrocious Saturday for Maryland, Virginia Tech, Virginia Navy, and Old Dominion. Uh, I will discuss James Madison's 42-14 win at Georgia State and Liberty's 56 56- 30 homecoming win over Louisiana Tech, but also Maryland's 51-15 home loss to number 11 Penn State, Virginia Tech's 34-3 loss at number 13 Louisville, Virginia's 45-17 home loss to Georgia Tech, Navy's 32-18 loss at perhaps the worst team in the FBS Temple, and Old Dominion's 28-24 home loss to Coastal Carolina in a game in which ODU blew a 21-6 third quarter lead. And I will talk Capitals and Wizards, each team with one game over the weekend. The Caps won for the fourth time in five games, a 2-1 win over the Columbus Blue Jackets at Capital Win Arena on Saturday night. Uh, The Wizards lost at the Miami Heat 121-114 on Friday night. And what was the Wizards' first game in the NBA's first ever in-season tournament? Uh, Some baseball news before we get to some feedback. Both the Nationals and the Orioles were shut out in the announcements of Gold Glove Award winners on Sunday evening. The Nats had one Gold Glove finalist, right fielder Lane Thomas. The O's had three Gold Glove finalists, catcher Adley Rutschman, first baseman Ryan Mountcastle, and left fielder Austin Hayes. Also, the Nats on Friday afternoon officially announced the promotion of Eddie Longos to vice president and assistant general manager of player development and administration, continuing this revamping of Nats baseball operations, even though the longtime head of uh, Nats baseball operations, Mike Rizzo, the president of baseball operations and general manager, uh, just recently got a contract extension. But uh, Eddie Longos is just 37 years old. He spent the previous eight years as the Nats director of scouting operations. He joined the Nats in 2010, became a full-time scouting assistant in 2011, became assistant director of scouting operations in 2015, and then became the Nats director of scouting operations following the 2015 season. He is a local. He attended State Auburn School in Washington, D.C., then attended the University of Richmond. So this guy Longos has been part of the Nats front office for years, and Nats front office that has not done a good job of drafting players. Now, whether Longos is to blame for the bad drafting or has not been listened to enough and that that has led to the bad drafting, we do not know. But this is not an outside hire. 
Uh, you can hit me up on X at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Lots of feedback on the Commander's win at the Patriots, especially on Sam Howell from Matthew on X. Howell has proven that he is the unquestioned starter moving forward and is somebody who the team should spend a couple of years building around. But I agree that it's too early to call him a franchise quarterback. Uh, thank you for that, Matthew, or responding to what I posted on X after the game. Lots more next segment from Ernie on X. As far as I'm concerned, same as QB1 for the commanders for the foreseeable future. He has it. What is it? The NFL arm talent, the toughness, he's fearless. That 24-yard scramble for a first down was epic. The interception before halftime was a buzzkill, but he has what it takes. Uh, thank you for that, Ernie. Uh, from Marco on X on Sam Howell, he is him. <laughs> thank you for that, Marco. He is him. From Derek on X, dude, I haven't seen a quarterback throw a ball like that for Washington since you-know-who. <laughs> and I will go out on a limb and say that he throws the ball better than him. His off-schedule makes him more of a threat. Really fun to watch. Uh, thank you for that, Derek. Yeah, Sam definitely has a better arm than you-know-who uh, and is better at off-schedule plays than you-know-who was at this point in his career. Have the commanders found their guy at quarterback? Have they finally found a franchise quarterback? Well, the franchise quarterback of dermatologists in the Washington, D.C. area is the great Dr. George Burgess. He is a board-certified dermatologist and Mohs surgeon. He is one of the nation's premier dermatologists. He is a big commander's fan and operating under his direction is the Mid-Atlantic Skin Surgery Institute of Maryland, which has locations in Waldorf, Maryland, Lettertown, Maryland, and Lexington Park, Maryland. Whatever your dermatological needs may be, call 301-396-3401 and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. The Mid-Atlantic Skin Surgery Institute of Maryland focuses on medical skin care, cosmetic procedures, and skin cancer diagnosis and comprehensive care. If you're dealing with allergic reactions, if you're dealing with acne, psoriasis, or eczema, if you're interested in procedures like Botox, laser hair removal, or chemical peels, if you are dealing with skin cancer or have dealt with skin cancer or want to get screened for skin cancer, contact Dr. George Verghese and the Mid-Atlantic Skin Surgery Institute of Maryland. Heck, Dr. Verghese and the Institute offer free skin cancer screenings to anyone considered a new patient. And Dr. Verghese and the Institute offer advanced treatments for skin cancer. Whatever your dermatological needs may be, call 301-396-3401 and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. You can also visit midatlanticskin.com. That's midatlanticskin.com. For excellent and comprehensive skincare, contact Dr. George Verghese and the Mid-Atlantic Skin Surgery Institute of Maryland. And make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. The phrase franchise quarterback. It is a phrase that means different things to different people. It is a phrase that has been used for about 30 years, uh, going back to the installation of the franchise tag in the 1993 NFL offseason. Uh, there is no strict definition of franchise quarterback. It means whatever you want it to mean. Personally, I define franchise quarterback as a quarterback who 
A, generally and reasonably speaking, can be viewed as, say, a top 12, top 15 type quarterback in the NFL. And B, has proven himself with a team over multiple seasons. And so to me, it is too early to declare commander's quarterback Sam Howell a franchise quarterback. That designation to me is not something that you can get off just 10 NFL regular season games. However, it is not too early to say the following. Sam Howell is by far the commander's number one positive this season. Sam Howell is getting better. And Sam Howell over the last two games in facing two very good defenses has played like a franchise quarterback. Sam Howell is more and more coming off like a guy who will ultimately be a franchise quarterback. And quite clearly, the commanders themselves agree. Commanders head coach Rod Rivera, he in his post-practice press conference this past Wednesday afternoon, November 1st, suggested that Sam just might be a franchise quarterback. Now, a big part of this was uh, Ron playing the Sam Howell card, Ron engaging in Ronnie's, uh, what I call the language of Ron Rivera. Uh, But still, Ron did say that. He suggested that Sam just might be a franchise quarterback. Uh, Then NFL insider Diana Rossini of The Athletic, she in a piece that came out this past Saturday, November 4th, wrote, quote, there is a strong belief in the building that the commanders have found their franchise quarterback in Sam Howell, and now it's about building for 2024, end quote. And then we had this from Commander's Interior Defensive Lineman Jonathan Allen in his postgame session with reporters on Sunday afternoon. Take a listen. What do you think of Sam Howell? Again, Sam Howell is like he's our future. He's our quarterback, and I think we find our next quarterback for the five, ten years, and I truly believe that. Why so? When I look at the plays he makes on the field, and not only does he make great plays on the field, his demeanor after bad plays and not playing well, he's always able to bounce back and... I've seen a lot of great quarterbacks in my time, played against a lot of them, and I think he has the potential to be one of them. So I, I, I'm truly, I can truly say this team is behind Sam Howell 100%. So how about that from John Allen? Quote, Sam Howell is like he's our future. He's our quarterback, and I think we found our next quarterback for the 5-10 years, and I truly believe that. End quote. Sam Howell in the Commander's 2017 win at the New England Patriots on Sunday afternoon in what was his 10th career NFL regular season game and start played really well. Uh, He went 29 of 45 for 325 yards, a touchdown and an interception. He officially took three sacks, although two of the sacks came by him being tackled while attempting to scramble. He had an incredible second quarter, third and 23 24-yard shotgun scramble. He quarterbacked a commander's offense that went 9 of 17 on third downs, and he did all of this against the Patriots defense that for this regular season through week 8, it was number 12 in the NFL in total defense per DVOA, number 8 in the NFL in lowest opponents yards per play, and number 12 in the NFL in lowest opponents third down efficiency. Sam Howell became the first quarterback in franchise history to throw for at least 2,500 yards over his first 10 career regular season games. He became just the 12th quarterback in NFL history to throw for at least 2,500 yards over his first 10 career regular season games, and the first to do so since the Cincinnati Bengals' Joe Burrow and the Los Angeles Chargers' Justin Herbert 
in 2020. Yes, Sam Howell in the same statistical company as Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. Be excited. Be very excited about Sam Howell. Here's the truth. The commanders may well have pulled off a steal, an absolute heist in getting Sam in the fifth round of the 2022 NFL Draft. For all of the missteps and disappointment for Washington in the Ron Rivera era, old Ron, old Don Ron, he may have actually hit a grand slam with the selection of Sam in the fifth round of the 2022 draft. Here was Ron during his post-game press conference on Sunday afternoon on Sam Howell's performance in this win at the Pats. Well, with the exception of the interception in the first half, I thought he played the type of game that we believe he is capable of. You know, he, he made some really good decisions, some smart things. I mean, there are some things that he's going to want to have back once he gets a chance to look at the tape and we get a chance to really evaluate it. But, um, you know, again, we got to make sure that we, we put those guys in position to have the success that, you know, we can have. And, and, and again, it's, we're, we're still, you know, growing and developing with the guy, but he did a great job for us and, you know, led us to the victory. Yes, he did. Uh, this was Sam Howell during his postgame press conference on Sunday afternoon on whether he thinks about all of this talk about him potentially being a franchise quarterback for the Commanders. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, I, I want to be the quarterback here for a really long time. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, how I'm going to get to that point is, you know, taking it one day at a time and doing everything everything that I can on a day-to-day basis. And, you know, that's, that's, that's kind of the way I look at it. I don't worry. I never worry about the future. Um, you know, I take it one day at a time and I try to give every single day everything I got. You know, I give my teammates, I give this organization every single thing that I have every single day. Um, and, then, you know, that's what, I, what's, that's what I'll continue to try to do. All right. The good from Sam Howell in this win at the Patriots. Sam capped the commander's seventh offensive drive with a great touchdown pass. Uh, This was the commander's first offensive drive of the second half. The seventh snap of the drive on a third quarter, second and 10 for the commanders at the Pats 33. Sam had a 33-yard shotgun touchdown pass to receiver Jahan Dodson on a great deep ball by Sam. Here was Sam during his postgame press conference on Sunday afternoon on this touchdown pass to Jahan. Yeah, it was uh they they were trying to bring cover zero um, and for most of the most of the game, you know, our cover zero stuff was getting through some quick screens and stuff like that. So I knew we'd have an opportunity versus cover zero to get into max protection and take a shot down the field. Um, and Jahan did a good job beating this guy. You know, we know it's going to be one on one. There's no in cover zero. There's nobody behind him. Um, so I just tried to throw it out there and let him go get it. Um, he did. Yes, he did. Uh, Sam Howell on the commander's eighth offensive drive had two big completions to receiver Terry McLaurin. Uh, The drive resulted in kicker Joey Sly's late third quarter 30-yard field goal for a 2017 commander's lead. Third snap of the drive on a third and eight for the commanders at their 26. Sam had a 26-yard shotgun completion to Terry as Sam made the throw while falling backwards as he on the play took a quarterback hit from interior defensive lineman Christian Barmore. Uh, The fourth snap of the drive on a first and 10 for the commanders at the Pants 48. Sam had a 36-yard shotgun completion to Terry on a bullet of a tight window throw. I love that throw uh, by Sam on that play. Sam on the commander's third offensive drive, a tremendous off-schedule completion, and a nice scramble. Uh, This was the drive that resulted in running back Brian Robinson Jr.'s second quarter, second and seven, nine-yard under center handoff touchdown run, third snap of the drive, and the fourth to last snap of the first quarter on a third and seven for the commanders at their 23. Sam had a 26-yard shotgun completion to receiver Byron Pringle on a broken play as Sam, while scrambling to his right, threw a wounded duck 
across his body to the left side of the field to a wide open Pringle, uh, who then generated 18 yards after the catch. Uh, the pass was not pretty, but the pass was successful. And same on the plate, took a quarterback hit from edge defender Josh Uche. Uh, eighth snap of the drive, second snap of the second quarter on a first and 10 for the Commanders at the pass 23. Sam had a five-yard offset eye play action scramble. Uh, Sam on the Commanders' sixth offensive drive, which resulted in his late second quarter interception to defensive back Kyle Duggar, made multiple great plays. It's a shame how this drive ended because Sam on this drive prior to the pick was excellent. Third snap of the drive on a third and 10 for the Commanders at their 20. Sam had a 13-yard shotgun completion to Byron Pringle on a broken play on which Sam threw while scrambling to his right. The seventh snap of the drive, the snap right before the first half, two-minute warning on a second and 10 for the Commanders at their 43. Sam had a 14-yard shotgun completion to receiver Diami Brown on a broken play on which Sam threw while scrambling to his right. The 12th snap of the drive, one of the plays of the year for the Commanders on a third and 23 for the Commanders at their 44. Sam had a sensational 24-yard shotgun scramble on which he generated the final few yards via yardage after contact. But think about that, third and 23, and the guy somehow engineers a 24-yard shotgun scramble for the first down. And then the 16th snap of the drive, the play right before the interception, third and 10 for the commanders at the Pats 21. Sam had a 16-yard shotgun completion to Byron Pringle. A lot of Byron Pringle uh, in this game. Uh, Sam on the commander's second offensive drive went 5 of 5 for 37 yards. The drive resulted in Joey Sly's first quarter 37-yard field goal for a 3-0 commander's lead. The second snap of the drive on a second and 5 for the commanders at their 44. Sam had a 19-yard shotgun completion to Deami Brown across the middle. And Sam on the commander's fifth offensive drive had a big completion. Now, the drive did result in a second-quarter punt, but the second snap of the drive, second and seven for the Commanders at their 20. Sam had a 24-yard under-center play-action completion to Jahan Dodson on a play in which Sam had great pass protection and worked his reads across the field in eventually finding Jahan. Uh, the bad from Sam Howell, look, the interception was brutal. Uh, a red zone interception the commander's sixth offensive drive, the 17th snap of the drive, first and goal at the five, 23 seconds left in the second quarter. Sam off having made multiple great plays on the drive through a terrible shotgun sprint out pass that was intercepted in the end zone by Kyle Duggar. Uh, the pass was right to Duggar, nowhere near a commander's player. Uh, also, Sam on the commander's 10th offensive drive took a bad sack. The drive resulted in a fourth quarter three and out with the commanders nursing a 2017 lead. Third snap of the drive, third and six for the commanders at their 38. Sam took a sack by linebacker Jawan Bentley for a three-yard loss as uh, Sam got tackled in trying to scramble. Hated to see that in a spot like that. But I tell you what, the commanders over their last two games have been a lot better at avoiding sacks. Just four sacks over the last two games. And again, two of the three sacks that Sam took in this win at the Pats came via Sam being tackled while attempting to scramble. Sacks like those to me are different than sacks when Sam is in the midst of a drop back and he's taking too long to get rid of the ball, he ends up taking a loss for like, you know, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 yards, something like that. Like when you're trying to scramble and you take a sack, you know, but it's a sack for like minus one yard, minus three yards, that's different than uh, some of those other sacks that we have seen this season. Sam Howell in this win at the Pats played well. Here he was during his postgame press conference on Sunday afternoon on his performance. 
Yeah, you know, I thought it was all right. You know, I thought I did some good things and made, made some good plays. You know, just got to find a way to play better at certain times. And obviously the interception was a big play for us. You know, a chance for us to really get the momentum going in the halftime. And that's probably one of the worst plays I've ever, I've ever made in my football career. Um, so definitely you just got to got to not do that in that situation. Um, but, yeah, I thought I did some good plays. You know, a lot of guys stepped up and made some big plays down the field. You know, the O-line did a good job all day long. We ran the ball well. We protected well. Um, they brought some blitzes, some cover zeros, and we got through some checks and, and managed that pretty well. So I thought as a whole we did we did a lot of really good things. We just got to find a way to finish better. And when we have a chance in the fourth quarter to, to, to win the game, we got to take advantage of that and not – put our defense in so many opportunities you know we we gave the ball back to them probably three times you know and our defense came up with a stop every single time and so just credit to them and it was just a great team win how about sam howell on his interception quote that's probably one of the worst plays i've ever made in my football career end quote but you know also with sam he's throwing the ball downfield more we are seeing a decent number of explosive passing plays by the commanders right now uh this was rod rivera during his post-game press conference on sunday afternoon on why and then you'll hear a follow-up exchange with commanders insider john keim of espn you know eb's been goading him to do it um you know, he, he's gaining more and more confidence. I think, you know, with, again, as stout as we are up front, um, it's given him an opportunity to really hitch and throw the ball and drive it. And, and that's, I think, been a big plus for him, um, you know, that, that we've been able to do those things. Kind of following up on that, when you talk about the offense line and your stunts, the personnel there, for Sam, what's the result for him and just his play and how much comfort level would you see from him? Well, I, I think again, just being able to step into the pocket and have it clean and have a throwing lane. You know, he, he got he got one ball tip today, or got a couple tip, but his throwing lanes were clean for the most part. You could see his 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 decision making was 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 really on on cue. And I think being able to see the whole field and, and keeping your eyes up, that's probably the biggest thing, John, that you see is that his eyes are up. So when he steps into the pocket, he's not looking around as much as he's looking downfield. And that's one of the big keys I know that EB talks about all the time. Well, Sam Howell in the Commanders' 38-31 loss to the Philadelphia Eagles at FedEx Field not two Sunday afternoons ago went 39-52 of 52 for 397 yards, four touchdowns, and an interception. He took just one sack. He had three carries for 11 yards, including two fourth-quarter runs for first downs. He quarterbacked a Commanders offense that went 7-12 of 12 on third downs, and he did all of this against an Eagles team that, for this regular season through Week 7, ranked number 10 in the NFL in total defense per DVOA. So we had that, and then we got what we got in this win at the Pats. The Bill Belichick head coached Pats. The man to me who is the greatest head coach in NFL history and is arguably the best defensive mind in NFL history. Don't forget, Bill prior to his head coaching career was a tremendous defensive coordinator for the New York Giants. And yet, Bill, the great Bill Belichick could not stop Sam Howell. Sam got the better of Bill. Sam bested Bill. Sam greater than sign Bill. (laughs) How crazy does that sound? And yet it's true. Also true is that if you are in need of fireplace, stove, and or chimney work, and you live in Northern Virginia, you need to get with Nova Fireplace and Stove. Nova Fireplace and Stove is outstanding. It handles gas fireplace sales, service, and installation, handles gas, electric, and wood stoves, and handles chimney cleaning and repair. If you live in Northern Virginia, 
Stay warm and upgrade the feel and value of your home with Nova Fireplace and Stove. Call Nova Fireplace and Stove at 571-513-3803. Mention that Al Galdi sent you and receive $25 off any service or receive a free vent kit on any in-stock gas insert. Nova Fireplace and Stove, it has been around for more than 20 years. It is run by massive Commanders fans. It, it has outstanding professionals. Whatever the work that you need done requires, Nova Fireplace and Stove has. Master gas fitter, master electrician, class A contractor, licensed chimney inspector. And because of this, Nova Fireplace and Stove can complete your project without the need for any subcontractors, and Nova Fireplace and Stove can pull all of the necessary county permits for the work that is being done. Additionally, Nova Fireplace and Stove can perform fireplace and chimney safety inspections. See for yourself the work that Nova Fireplace and Stove can do. It has a showroom in Woodbridge, Virginia, and has a terrific website, NovaFireplaceAndStove.com. And take advantage of the special deal for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast. Call Nova Fireplace and Stove at 571-513-3803. Mention that Al Galdi sent you and receive $25 off any service or receive a free vent kit on any in-stock gas insert. Join the Nova Fireplace and Stove family and experience the fireplace service and care that you deserve. Call 571-513-3803. That's 571-513-3803. And make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. Well, thank you to all of you who have given this podcast a five-star rating and who have written nice reviews of the podcast. Uh, You on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify can rate the podcast. Five-star ratings are very much appreciated, and you on Apple Podcasts can write a review saying that you like the podcast. The review doesn't have to be long. can be just a sentence or two, but the ratings and the reviews help us out a lot, so thank you very much for doing them. Uh, More now on the Commander's Offense and the 2017 win at the New England Patriots on Sunday afternoon. This was a second consecutive good game for Commander's assistant head coach slash offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy. He had a bad game in the 14-7 loss at the New York Giants in Week 7, but Eric now has had two consecutive good games, a 38-31 loss to the Philadelphia Eagles at FedEx Field in Week 8, and now this win at the Pats in Week 9. Now, yes, the Commanders in this win at the Pats scored just 20 points, but the Commanders in the game generated 432 total net yards of offense, averaged 5.61 yards per play and went 9-17 on third downs and did all of this against a good Pats defense. That's good offense. Eric Bieniemy is doing a much better job of calling plays that have quarterback Sam Howell throwing passes quickly. We're seeing shorter dropbacks. We're seeing more screens to running backs and receivers. We're seeing good offense. Uh, This is really encouraging. Uh, The commanders for this game were without a key offensive player. Receiver Curtis Samuel, uh, he was inactive due to a toe injury, uh, but the commanders did have their top receiver, Terry McLaurin. He had a good game, five receptions for 73 yards on seven targets. How about what Terry did on the commander's 11th offensive drive. The drive started at the Commander's 5 with them holding a 2017 lead with 5.04 left in the fourth quarter. The drive did result in a fourth quarter punt, but the third snap of the drive on a third and three for the Commanders at their 12, Sam Howell had a seven-yard shotgun completion to Terry, who then astutely slid 
in order to keep the clock running. A really smart play by Terry. Uh, Good to see receiver Jahan Dodson have a second consecutive good game, although he did have two more drops. Uh, Jahan is killing (laughs) this team with the drops, Uh, but he on Sunday afternoon was productive. Four receptions for 69 yards and a touchdown on eight targets. Uh, The two drops, the commander's first offensive drive, uh, what was the opening drive of the game. The drive resulted in a first quarter three and out, third snap of the drive on a third and two for the commanders at their 44. Jahan had a drop on a shotgun pass by Sam Howell. And then on the commander's eighth offensive drive. Now, this drive did result in kicker Joey Sly's late third quarter 30-yard field goal for a 2017 commander's lead. But the first snap of the drive on a first and 10 for the commanders at their 24, Jahan failed to make the catch on what was a high throw by Sam Howell on a shotgun sprint out in completion. This drop was not as egregious as that first drop, but this still, to me, was a drop. Way too many drops by Jahan Dodson this season. Way too many drops by Commander's pass catchers, period, this season. Uh, but the Commanders did win. Receiver Byron Pringle, good game for him. Multiple key receptions, uh, three receptions for 55 yards on four targets. I thought that running back Antonio Gibson had his best game so far this season. Gibson had six carries for 34 yards and had five receptions for 42 yards on five targets. You know, Gibson has not had a great season, in part because he just hasn't been used a ton. You know, he's not been targeted all that much. He's not received uh, much in the way of carries. But Gibson on Sunday afternoon was a key contributor. Uh, Gibson on the commander's seventh offensive drive had a 12-yard reception and a 12-yard run. Uh, This was the drive that resulted in Sam Howell's third quarter, second and 10, 33-yard shotgun touchdown pass to Jahan Dodson. Second snap of the drive on a second and three for the commanders at their 32. Sam had a 12-yard shotgun completion on a screen to Gibson, who actually fell down on one knee, but then got up and ultimately generated 13 yards after the catch. Fifth snap of the drive on a first and 10 for the commanders at the Pats 45. Gibson had a 12-yard I-formation handoff run. Uh, And Gibson on the commanders' third offensive drive had a key reception and a key run. Uh, This was the drive that resulted in running back Brian Robinson Jr. second quarter, second and seven, nine-yard under center handoff touchdown run. The fourth snap of the drive, the third to last snap of the first quarter on a first and 10 for the commanders at their 49. Sam Howell had a 10-yard shotgun completion on a screen to Gibson who generated 13 yards after the catch. The seventh snap of the drive, first snap of the second quarter on a third and one for the Commanders at the Pats 32. Gibson had what was officially a nine-yard run uh, on a catch of a shotgun pass by Sam uh, to Gibson behind Sam. Uh, And I mentioned Brian Robinson. So he had 18 carries for 63 yards, the touchdown, uh, but also a lost fumble. Uh, And he had one reception for four yards on two targets. You hated the fumble, a brutal loss fumble in the second quarter. Uh, The commander's fourth offensive drive, the second snap of the drive on a second quarter, second and eight for the commanders at their 16. Robinson on a seven-yard shotgun handoff run had a fumble that was recovered by interior defensive lineman Devon Godshaw. Uh, The fumble was forced by linebacker Jelani Tavai, who punched the ball out of the grasp of Robinson. And three snaps later was quarterback Mac Jones, second quarter, first and 10, 14 yard under center touchdown pass 
the tight end Hunter Henry, who beat linebacker Kalik Hudson in the ensuing extra point, cut the commander's lead to 10-7. But Brian Robinson did make some plays. Uh, he had that second quarter touchdown run. Uh, the commander's third offensive drive, the 11th snap of the drive, uh, was a Brian Robinson second quarter, second and seven, nine-yard under center handoff touchdown run. Also on the drive, ninth snap, uh, what was the third snap of the second quarter, second and five for the commanders at the Pats 18. Robinson, a six-yard I-formation handoff run. And Robinson on the commander's seventh offensive drive had a nice run. Uh, This was the commander's first offensive drive of the second half, resulted in Sam Howell's third quarter 33-yard shotgun touchdown pass to Jahan Dodson. Third snap of the drive on a first and 10 for the commanders at their 44. Robinson had a seven-yard shotgun handoff run. A lot to like with the commander's offense in this win at the Pats. Uh, Just like there's a lot to like with Underdog Fantasy, which is the best and easiest place to play fantasy sports. And Underdog Fantasy is offering a limited-time enhanced special offer to listeners of the Al Galdi podcast, a deposit match of up to $500 for all new customers who sign up with the promo code GALDI, my last name, G-A-L-D-I, GALDI. Check out underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog Fantasy app. Underdog Fantasy offers a pick'em games by which you can win up to 20 times on your money in one day and offers a pick'em insurance, which gives you a little wiggle room if you're not as confident in an entry. And when it comes to season-long fantasy, Underdog Fantasy offers a zero-stress scenario of no waivers, no trades, even no lineup setting. We all know that playing fantasy sports can be really time-consuming. Well, Underdog Fantasy removes the time consumption but keeps the fun and the potential to win money and take advantage of the free money if you sign up now with the promo code GALDI. My last name, G-A-L-D-I, GALDI, Underdog Fantasy, will double your first deposit with up to $500 in bonus cash when you make your first deposit of at least $10. So if you deposit $500, you get $500 for free. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code GALDI. Check out underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog Fantasy app and use the promo code GALDI. Must be 18 or older, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, 21 or older in Massachusetts and Arizona, and must be present in a state in which underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit ncpgambling.org. In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY. And in Tennessee, call 1-800-889-9789. Eight nine. Let's now talk commander's defense and special teams in the 2017 win at the New England Patriots on Sunday afternoon. This was the first game for the commander's defense off what happened this past Tuesday. What was Halloween? Uh, what also was 2023 NFL trade deadline day? The commander's trading edge defenders Montez Sweat and Chase Young. Uh, Montez now has a big money contract extension with his new team, the Chicago Bears. I'm going to talk about that on Tuesday's show episode 694. But in the meantime, the commanders on Sunday afternoon truly began life after Montez and Chase. Life after Tez and CY. And you know what? Things weren't so bad. The commanders 
defense played well. Now, it needs to be understood that the commanders were facing a bad and depleted offense in that of the Patriots. The Pats for this regular season through week eight were just 26th in the NFL in total offense per DVOA and just 25th in the NFL in third down efficiency. Also, the Pats for this game were without two of their top receivers as the team this past Tuesday placed receiver Kendrick Bourne on the reserve injured list and receiver Devontae Parker was inactive for this game due to a concussion. But there was a good bit to like from the commander's defense in this game. You start with the takeaway. The commanders generated just one takeaway the entire game, but the takeaway was a game-clinching takeaway, a game-icing takeaway. Uh, The Patriots' 12th offensive drive started at the Pats 9 with the commanders holding a 2017 lead with 2.07 left in the fourth quarter, but the Pats moved the ball down the field. The ninth snap of the drive on a second and eight for the Pats at the commanders' 41 with 38 seconds left in the fourth quarter. Defensive back Quan Martin intercepted a shotgun pass by quarterback Mac Jones as the ball went off the hands of receiver Juju Smith-Schuster and into the arms of Quan uh, for that game-sealing interception. Now, the play was a drop by Juju, but whatever. Quan made the play. Uh, we in this game saw each of the commander's top two picks in the 2023 NFL Draft. First-round corner Emmanuel Forbes Jr. and second-round defensive back Quan Martin make plays. Forbes had two pass defenses, looked so much more comfortable and confident as compared to how he had looked previously this season. Here was head coach Rod Rivera during his postgame press conference on Sunday afternoon on Emmanuel Forbes. Basically, what, what you're seeing is, you know, the, the result of his practice habits right now. He's been working hard. Uh, I, I know the things that, uh, that, that, that they've been working with the defensive backs, and particularly with him, about being disciplined, about doing the little things the right way, and, and you, start to see, you start to see it. So, again, if he can continue to do those things, play within himself, play within the scheme, I think he's got a chance to continue to grow and improve, and, and hopefully he can grow from here and he can, he can improve on what he did uh, today. All right. Another positive for the commander's defense in this win at the Patriots. The commanders held the Pats to just 3-12 on third downs. Also, the commanders held Mac Jones to just 24 of 44 passing. That works out to a completion percentage of just 54.55. And the commanders held the Daddy Mac uh, to just 220 yards over those 44 pass attempts. That works out to a yards per pass attempt of exactly 5. Uh, The Commanders totaled nine pass defenses in this game. The Patriots' 10th offensive drive resulted in a fourth-quarter punt. The fifth snap of the drive resulted in perhaps the biggest pass defense of the game. Now, uh, this happened on a third and six for the Pats at their 20 off a successful challenge by Ron Rivera to negate a 22-yard reception by Pats receiver and Liberty product Demario Douglas. Uh, but linebacker Jamin Davis, a great pass defense on a shotgun incompletion by Mac Jones on a pass intended for running back Ramondre Stevenson, who was wide open, but the pass was underthrown and Jamin came through with the pass defense. This play especially stood out because the Patriots' first offensive drive, which resulted in a first quarter turnover on downs, included on a third and nine for the Pats at their 28, Jamin getting beat by Stevenson on a 13-yard shotgun completion by Jones to Stevenson. Additionally, while yes, uh, the Commanders did give up a second quarter 64-yard shotgun handoff touchdown run by Ramondre Stevenson, the Commanders did otherwise stop the run. Stevenson and running back Ezekiel Elliott combined for 14 carries for just 40 yards when you take out 
the 64-yard touchdown run by Stevenson. Uh, three big negatives for the commander's defense in this win at the Pats. Uh, first of all, the commanders totaled no sacks and just one quarterback hit. So yeah, I guess that you can't say that Montez Sweat and Chase Young were not at all missed. Uh, also, that touchdown run by Ramondre Stevenson was painful. Uh, the Patriots' fifth offensive drive, the second snap of the drive on a second quarter, first and 10 for the Pats at their 36. The commanders gave up a 64-yard shotgun handoff touchdown run by Ramondre Stevenson as he ran through a massive hole on the right side and then forced a missed tackle by safety Percy Butler. Key on the play was Jamin Davis with a big boo-boo. He was short on what's called a cross dog. Uh, a cross dog is when two linebackers cross and route to blitzing the quarterback. Jamin was way too slow in getting over the top and actually was spoken to by defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio after the play. Uh, the ensuing extra point gave the Pats a 14-10 lead. And then another negative for the commander's defense. Look, they did get lucky at times. Mac Jones was off on a good number of throws. I mean, go back to the Patriots' first offensive drive resulted in a first quarter turnover on downs. The 11th snap of the drive, fourth and three for the Pats at the commander's 39. Corner Benjamin St. Juice got beat by receiver Tyquan Thornton, but Mac Jones overthrew a wide open Thornton on a shotgun in completion. But again, overall, I liked a lot of what we saw from the commander's defense. Uh, also with the commander's defense, uh, how about <laughs> the absurd penalty on K.J. Henry? How ridiculous was that? The Patriots' seventh offensive drive, the opening drive of the second half, a drive that resulted in kicker Chad Ryland's third quarter 43-yard field goal. Chad Ryland, a product of Maryland. Uh, but this drive featured on the ninth snap of the drive, third and 10 for the Pats at the commander's 38. Edge defender K.J. Henry getting called for an absurd 15-yard roughing the passer penalty, negating a sack strip by Henry on Mac Jones. Uh, all that K.J. Henry did was engineer a basic normal tackle of Mac Jones. Uh, Fox Sports NFL officiating analyst Dean Blandino on the telecast of the game said that uh, NFL officials are being instructed to call what Henry did as a penalty because he was not off to the side in tackling the quarterback. Uh, whatever. Uh, the referee for this game was Adrian Hill. He, after the game, spoke with a pool reporter who was Commander's Insider Nikki Javala of the Washington Post, said Hill, quote, I was the calling official and the call was roughing the passer due to full body weight. The ruling on the field was that the defender came down with forcible contact chest to chest. He didn't perform one of those acts to remove most of that body weight, a gator roll or a clear to the side when he was coming in. He came down directly with that force on the player. So the category was full body weight, end quote. Nikki then asked the following question, quote, in those situations where the defender is coming from that weak side and the quarterback has sort of his back turned to him, what is the defender supposed to do to avoid putting his full body weight on him, end quote. And then Adrian Hill responded, quote, there are two common techniques, one we call the gator roll, where if he takes that player and rolls to the side so they both land on their side, that 90-degree rotation as he comes around, or he comes down and breaks the fall first with hands and knees, almost like in a crab-like fashion, on top of the quarterback, end quote. 
Uh, okay. Gator roll, crab technique. KJ Henry is an edge defender, not a waiter at Red Lobster. All right. We all, we all watched the play. What the heck was he supposed to do? And more to the point, the tackle was not nasty or malicious or overly violent in any way. Uh, this was Ron Rivera during his post-game press conference on Sunday afternoon on the officials calling this roughing the passer penalty on KJ Henry. They thought it was full body weight, um, you know, and and um, you know, again, we, you know. <laughs> yeah, that sigh by Rod Rivera said it all. Uh, as for commander special teams in this win at the Patriots, so the commanders in the game had just four accepted penalties for 30 yards, but two of the penalties were special teams penalties. Quarter Kristen Holmes committed a costly fourth quarter five-yard holding penalty on a punt return by receiver Jamison Crowder, resulting in the ensuing commander's offensive drive starting at their own five, uh, and the commanders committed a five-yard illegal formation penalty on the extra point that followed the second quarter 64-yard touchdown run by Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, kicker Joey Sly had a good game. He went 2-2 on field goals and 2-2 on extra points. Sly connected on a first quarter 30-70-yard field goal for a 3 nothing commander's lead, and Sly Sly connected on a late third quarter 30-yard field goal for a 2017 commander's lead. Punter Tress Way, uh, he over five punts, averaged 47.8 yards per punt and 44.2 net yards per punt. He had a big clutch punt in the fourth quarter on a fourth and one for the commanders at their 40 while nursing a 2017 lead with 11 minutes, 21 seconds left in the fourth quarter. Tress had a 53-yard punt to the pad seven. And then running back Chris Rodriguez Jr. tackled Patriots receiver and punt returner Demario Douglas uh, for a punt return of minus two yards. Uh, receiver Jamison Crowder was the commander's punt returner. He over five punt returns averaged 6.4 yards per punt return. He in this game had a wide range of punt returns. Uh, Crowder had a second quarter punt return for minus three yards, but also a third quarter 14-yard punt return and a fourth quarter 14 yard punt return. And running back Antonio Gibson was the commander's kickoff returner. He over three kickoff returns, averaged 24 yards per return. Uh, Gibson had a 37 yard return of the game opening kickoff. Bottom line, nice win for the commanders. They blew a 10 nothing second quarter lead, but ultimately won 2017. More from Ron Rivera during his postgame press conference on Sunday afternoon. Uh, this on a key to the win. Was it not letting it go get away, get, you know, get away from us? Um, you know, we, we, we hit a little bit of low. We, we had a couple of big mistakes that did hurt us. You know, we, we, we got, we got, we got knocked out of our crease and we didn't get over the top to make, you know, make the play and it, they pop a big run on us. You know, we, we drive the ball, get the ball, you know, in, uh, you know, an opportunity to score a touchdown and, and instead of throwing it away, we make a huge mistake and try and force it. Um, but we came back in, uh, out in the second half and I thought the guys really, I mean, it, they're really proud of the way they did. I mean, the offensive line was, was terrific. You know, they, 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 they did a great job you know this is a very difficult defense to, to 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 block all the time and you know we were able to pick up a lot of the things so so a lot of those guys 
did a great job for us. You know, I thought the receivers, you know, made the plays that they had to. Um, you know, there, there were a couple stretches where Jahan really came up and, you know, did his thing. And then, and then you watch and, and Terry stepped up in the second half and he, he did a couple of big things that were explosive for us. Um, and, and when, when guys all contribute, you know, we ran the ball hard. We really did. Our, our running backs all ran hard, you know. A little disappointed that we lost the fumble. Um, but B-Rob came right back, and he continued to play hard. And, you know, that's why we, we, we want a kid like that in this, in this offense because when there's balance and we run the ball like that, it, you, can, you can be successful. And, and EB knows that. And, and so it was good to see that as well. So, so many guys contributed. So many players did the job that they needed to do to give us a chance to win today. Um, and then, you know, uh, defensively, look at some of, the, some of the things that some of our guys did. But just, you know, it was, it was a great effort. It really was by that group. All right. Hey, these days, it is easy to be confused, even overwhelmed by all of the supplements that are out there. What's good? What isn't? What works? What doesn't? Well, here's a nutritional supplement that supports your body's universal needs, AG1, a perfect sponsor of this podcast, given that my initials are AG. I'm actually Al Galdi third. so uh, consider this AG3 telling you about AG1. But like many of you, my sleep is all over the place (laughs) Uh, due to my work schedule and having two young kids. Drinking AG1 helps me feel energized, focused, and healthy. I especially like drinking AG1 after working out. You see, AG1 is a foundational nutrition supplement that supports your body's universal needs like gut optimization, stress management, and immune support. Since 2010, AG1 has led the future of foundational nutrition. AG1 has been continuously refining its formula to create a smarter, better way to elevate your baseline health. If you want to take ownership of your health, doing so starts with AG1. And here's a great deal for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast. You can get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase of AG1. Go to drinkag1.com slash Al Galdi. That's drinkag1.com slash Al Galdi. One more time, drink AG, the number one, dot com, slash Al Galdi. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Hey, we all love the NFL, and we all love pizza. So make Little Caesars part of your NFL game day. Little Caesars is the official pizza sponsor of the NFL. Order online during Little Caesars Pizza Pizza pregame, which is one hour before and three hours after NFL kickoffs, plus all day Sunday. You can pick your favorite Little Caesars pizza. You can pick the toppings that you crave, kind of like picking players for your fantasy team, only with Little Caesars pizza, you never lose. And Little Caesars offers convenient delivery as well as the in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during the game. Little Caesars Pizza Pizza. We move now to college football. The second college football playoff rankings for this season will come out this Tuesday evening. The latest Associated Press Top 25 poll came out on Sunday, and the poll includes both James Madison and Liberty. JMU up two spots to number 21. Liberty in at number 25. The two best college football teams of the mid-Atlantic region are James Madison and and Liberty. James Madison, the Dukes, uh, they improved to 9-0 and overall and 6-0 and in the Sunbelt Conference with a 42-14 win at Georgia State on Saturday. 50th win for Kurt Signetti as JMU head coach. The Dukes generated 567 total net yards of offense and averaged 6.83 yards per play. Monster game for JMU quarterback Jordan McLeod. He accounted for six touchdowns. He went 28-36 for 370 yards, four touchdowns, and an interception. He took one sack, and he had 12 carries for 108 yards and two touchdowns when you take out the sack that he took. Uh, McLeod for this season now is number 21 among all qualified quarterbacks in the FBS and ESPN's total QBR 75.4. QBR is on a scale of 0 to 100. Next up for James Madison, home to UConn this Saturday afternoon at 2. Meantime, Liberty, it improved to 9-0 overall and 7-0 in Conference USA with a 56 30 win over Louisiana Tech at Williams Stadium in Lynchburg, Virginia on Saturday evening. This was Liberty's homecoming game. Uh, this was a win that clinched Liberty hosting the Conference USA Championship game. On December 1st, Liberty had a season-high 602 total net yards of offense, averaged a spectacular 8.6 yards per play. The Flames of Liberty for this season are number 14 in the FBS in offensive efficiency per ESPN, number 14. And speaking of rankings, Liberty quarterback Caden Salter, he went 16-25 to for 297 yards, four touchdowns, and no interceptions. He took no sacks. He had six carries for 50 yards. Salter now for this season, number eight among all qualified quarterbacks in the FBS in total QBR, 80 2.9. Yes, Liberty quarterback Caden Salter, eighth among all qualified quarterbacks in the FBS in total QBR. Uh, Liberty running back Quentin Cooley, a transfer from Wake Forest. He had 23 carries for 179 yards 
and two touchdowns. Uh, this is Jamie Chadwell's first season as Liberty head coach. He was hired last December off a nice four-season run as Coastal Carolina head coach. He was hired to replace Hugh Freeze, who left his job as Liberty head coach to become Auburn's head coach. Uh, but what a season the Flames are having. Next up for Liberty, home to Old Dominion this Saturday afternoon at 1. The Monarchs of Old Dominion, uh, they fell to 4-5 and five overall and 3-3 three and three in the Sunbelt Conference with a 28-24 loss to Coastal Carolina at S.B. Ballard Stadium in Norfolk, Virginia on Saturday. A brutal loss for ODU. It blew a 21-6 third quarter lead. So James Madison and Liberty had good weekends, but Maryland, Virginia Tech, Virginia, and Navy had terrible weekends. All four teams lost in blowout fashion. Maryland lost its fourth consecutive game off a 5-0 start to this season. The Terrapins fell to 5-4 and four overall and 2-4 and four in the Big Ten with a 51-15 loss to number 11 Penn State at CQ Stadium in College Park, Maryland on Saturday. The Terps trailed in the second quarter 14-7. They then lost the rest of the game 37-8. Uh, Terps quarterback Talia Tungavailoa, another at-best Mixed game. He committed two fourth quarter turnovers and interception and a lost fumble on a sack strip. He took six sacks. He committed a second quarter intentional grounding penalty. Now, Talia did go 29 39 for 286 yards and two touchdowns. And look, the struggles aren't all on him. The Terps offensive line is not good, but Talia overall has not played well during the Terps' four-game losing streak. Here was Terps head coach Mike Laxley during his post-game press conference on Saturday evening on Talia Tungavailoa's two fourth-quarter turnovers. Yeah, you know what? We've got to take care of the football. He's a veteran quarterback. You know, the fumble there, he's got one hand on the ball, scrambling around. Uh, the interception, you know, was a predetermined uh, deal. We ball shouldn't even have been over there. And so what we've got to do is get him settled. Obviously, when you're down and you're down two scores and we're trying to make a comeback, you try to force some things. But what we've got to do is not abandon our training. And that's across the board, not just the quarterback, you know, the protection and in, in up front. You know, he's a better quarterback when those A and B gaps are really firm to where his eyes don't drop on, on, on watching the rush. And, and he's got to take better care of the football. Yes, he does. Uh, how about this? The Terps in facing a Penn State team that entered Saturday, number two in the FBS and ESPN's defensive efficiency for this season, officially finished with minus 49 net rushing yards. Yeah, minus 49 that rushing yards. Now, a lot of that had to do with Talia Tungavailoa getting sacked six times as the NCAA ridiculously counts yards lost on sacks as rushing yardage. But Terps running backs Roman Hemby, Antoine Littleton II, and Colby McDonald combined for seven carries for minus six yards. Uh, and the Terps' defense was not good. The Terps allowed Penn State to go 7-15 on third downs. The Terps did hold Penn State quarterback Drew Aller to a yards per pass attempt of just 7.06, but allowed him to have four touchdown passes versus no interceptions and did not sack him a single time. And the Terps allowed Penn State running back Katron Allen to have 14 carries for 91 yards and a touchdown. All of the good vibes from Maryland's 5-0 start to this season are gone. The Terps qualifying for a bowl game now is in question. The Terps have three regular season games left at Nebraska this Saturday at noon, home to number three Michigan on Saturday, November 18th, and at Rutgers on Saturday, 
November 25th. Not a single one of those games is even close to a definite win. And oh, by the way, Maryland now with Mike Loxley as head coach is 0-14 in games against Big Ten teams ranked in Associated Press Top 25 polls and or college football playoff rankings. And I am not including him going 0-2 against Big Ten teams ranked in AP Top 25 polls and or CFP rankings as Terps interim head coach in 2015. This is Mike Loxley's fifth season as Terps head coach, not counting that run as interim head coach in 2015. What exactly are the Terps under Loxley going to notch a signature win over a Big Ten team? Uh, well, speaking of struggling against a ranked team, uh, Virginia Tech, it fell to 4-5 and five overall and 3-2 and two in the ACC with a 34-3 loss at number 13 Louisville on Saturday. The Hokies' offense was horrendous. They scored just three points, totaled just 140 total bet yards of offense, averaged just 2.75 yards per play, and went just 2-11 of 11 on third downs. Hokies head coach Brent Pry went with Baylor transfer Kyron Drones as a team starting quarterback for a seventh consecutive game, but Drones played poorly and ultimately got benched in favor of Grant Wells, who played in a game for the first time since September 9th. Uh, Drones went just 12-21 for just 69 yards, no touchdowns, and an interception. He took four sacks. He averaged a microscopic 3.29 yards per pass attempt. He had seven carries for 46 yards when you take out the four sacks. Uh, Wells played in garbage time in the fourth quarter. He went one of two for three yards. Uh, a bright spot for the Hokies was running back at North Carolina A&T transfer Bayshall Tootin, who had 11 carries for 57 yards, but he did have a fumble. And Tech's defense was really bad. Tech allowed Louisville to average 7.49 yards per play. Tech's run defense was back to being awful. Tech allowed Louisville running backs Isaac Garendo and Jawar Jordan to combine for 25 carries for 203 yards and four touchdowns. Garendo, uh, who transferred to Louisville from Wisconsin, had 11 carries for 146 yards and three touchdowns. And while Louisville quarterback Jack Plummer had just 12 pass attempts, Tech allowed him to go 11 of 12 for 100. 41 yards a touchdown and no interceptions. Uh, Tech registered just one sack of having totaled 15 sacks over the team's previous two games. Uh, now, not helping the Hokies was Jalen Stroman not playing much due to injury. Stroman is Tech's best tackling safety, but still really disappointing performance by the Hokies, who now are 0-4 on the road this season. The combined score of those four losses, 132-53. This was Brent Pry during his post-game press conference on Saturday evening on the Hokie struggles in road games this season. Uh, you know, I, I think this, we're still, you know, we're still a, a team that's learning and growing, and, and part of that is learning how to win on the road. You know, we got to look at it as coaches and make sure we're doing the right things. Um, you know, I don't believe in doing much different. You know, you do the same thing whether you're playing home or away, and, you know, it's the same 100-yard field out there, but obviously we got to look at some things. Um, I think it's more about us just playing to our potential, you know, playing smart, playing tough, playing physical. Um, you know, we didn't do that today. You know, I don't know if that has something to do with being on the road or the environment, but uh, you know, I've certainly, in my career, won a lot of games on the road, and uh, there is not a special recipe that uh, that merits wins on the road. You know, you just got to play good. You got to play better than the team you line up against.
Yes, you do. Uh, next up for Virginia Tech at Boston College this Saturday at noon. Virginia fell to 2-7 and seven overall and 1-4 in the ACC with a 45-17 loss to Georgia Tech at Scott Stadium in Charlottesville, Virginia on Saturday afternoon. Virginia for this game was a one-and-a-half point favorite per multiple shops and yet lost by 28 points. Uh, the Cavaliers starting quarterback, the Monmouth transfer, Tony Musket, he threw an interception on the opening drive of the game. He on the drive suffered an ankle injury. Head coach Tony Elliott briefly had Grady Brosterhouse in the game with the idea that Musket might come back into the game, but Musket ended up not being able to come back into the game. And so Elliott then went with the true freshman, Anthony Calandria, ending any redshirt possibility with him. The idea had been to preserve the redshirt status of Calandria, but uh, that now is out the window. Uh, Calandria in this game, just 21-37 for just 200 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. He took two sacks. He had five carries for 44 yards when you take out the two sacks that he took. Now, UVA's next game is this Thursday night at Louisville, uh, this Thursday night at 7.30. A quick turnaround. Uh, here was Tony Elliott during his post-game press conference on Saturday evening on the planet quarterback moving forward. And then you'll hear a follow-up exchange with Virginia football insider Mike Barber of Richmond.com. Yeah, we'll, we'll discuss that as a staff, and, and I don't know what the, the severity is with Musket. Um, you know, they're, they're preliminary saying high ankle sprain, and so I don't know uh, the timetable on that. I know that he uh, he got taped up and tried to go, and that's why you saw us go with uh, with Grady, because they said, hey, we might be five minutes, and so, hey, let's play Grady and until we knew for sure. And then once he got taped up and, and put his shoe back on and, and tried to put pressure on, he wasn't able to go. And so that's been the plan all along, and, and we articulated that to Calandria, and he was good with it, and he understood. So uh, going forward, We'll see uh, what the health of uh, Tony is and then make that determination. How would you evaluate Calandria's writing? You know, guys talk about staying yeah. ready, but it's it's hard. Yeah, I, I think that, that, you know, what happened is is right out the gate, try to do a little bit too much, you know, trying to trying to force some things. And and uh, and, and again, he hadn't played in, in four weeks and, you know, he's preparing and preparing and preparing and uh, he's a competitor. And he wants to go and, and, and find a way to help his team win and just, you know, made some uh, some mistakes that, that he'll learn from, get better from, and um, and move forward. So uh, not going to say that it's on, on Calandria because it's a collective effort all the way, starting with me, all the way through uh, uh, everybody. we got to do a better job of, of, of uh, preparing uh, to the standard uh, so that we can play to the standard. Well, a bright spot for the Cavs was receiver and Northwestern transfer Malik Washington. Yet another big game for this guy. He had 11 receptions for 109 yards on 15 targets. Eighth consecutive game for Washington in which he had at least 97 receiving yards. But the Cavs' rushing offense was uh, rather mediocre. Cavs running backs Mike Hollins, Kobe Pace, and Paris Jones combined for 20 carries for just 77 yards. And bottom line, the Cavs in facing a Georgia Tech defense that entered Saturday just 101st out of 133 FBS teams in ESPN's defensive efficiency for this season. Scored just 17 points and went just 3-12 on third downs. And the Wahoos' run defense was atrocious. <laughs> when you take out the Who's one sack of Georgia Tech quarterback Haynes King, the Who's allowed the Yellow Jackets to have 43 carries for 306 yards and five touchdowns. That works out to a yards per carry of 7 point. One, two. The Who's allowed Georgia Tech touchdown runs of 43, 34, 33, 10, and two yards. Uh, and then completing 
the uh, quadruple play of blowout losses for Maryland, Virginia Tech, Virginia, and Navy on Saturday is Navy. Uh, the midshipmen fell to three and five overall and two and three in the American Athletic Conference with a 32-18 loss at Temple on Saturday afternoon. There is no overstating how bad of a loss this was for Navy. Navy coming off a bye, lost by 14 points at a Temple team that entered Saturday dead last out of 133 FBS teams in ESPN's Football Power Index for this season. Temple had been arguably the worst team in the FBS this season, and yet Navy lost to Temple by 14 points. Uh, Navy's offense, major disappointment. The mids in facing a Temple defense that entered Saturday dead last out of 133 FBS teams in ESPN's defensive efficiency for this season, scored just 18 points, averaged just 4.32 yards per play, and went just 3 of 15 on third downs. Uh, Navy fullback Alex Tesca, he had been on fire. He has really cooled off. Tesca in this loss at Temple, 8 carries for just 20 yards, giving him 20 carries for just 44 yards over his last two games now. He, for this season through Week 7, was number one among all qualified FBS players in yards per carry at 8.11. And then we have Navy's constantly evolving quarterback situation. Navy head coach Brian Newberry surprisingly started Xavier Arline at quarterback, uh, making him the fourth different starting quarterback for Navy over eight games this season. Uh, Arline completed just six of his 14 pass attempts, although he threw for 124 yards, a touchdown, and no interceptions. He did take two sacks, but he averaged a whopping 20.67 yards per completion, but Arline as a runner, 28 carries for just 106 yards and a touchdown when you take out the two sacks that he took. 28 carries for 106 yards works out to a yards per carry of just 3.79. Navy this season has had zero stability at the quarterback position, in part due to injury, but also in part to Brian Newberry playing multiple quarterbacks in games and never just settling on one guy. Uh, this was Newberry during his post-game press conference on Saturday evening on why he started Xavier Arline at quarterback. And then you'll hear a back and forth with Navy football insider Bill Wagner of CapitalGazette.com. The body of work, uh, just being still the last couple games offensively, um, you know, what we wanted to do offensively this time, this week to give us a chance to win. I felt like, um, you know, Arline gave us the best chance to do that. And, uh, you know, he's he was 2-0 against Temple in his career. Um, he's done some really good things over the course of the last three weeks, and I've, uh, I've c- continued to bring his name up and uh, got a lot of faith in uh, Xavier and the way he's handled uh, the situation this year. And uh, we just felt like he gave us the best chance to win today. How did you feel uh, I thought he did some good things. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think any of us played well enough to win the game. Um, I'm certain. Uh, you get a chance to go back and watch the film. I think there's some sometimes, obviously, Matt had some misreads and things like that, and, and that happens. But you know, I thought he did some good things as well. Um, Got to get some help too. You know. Well, I was just gonna say, it looked like again, there really were not. You weren't getting a lot of movement up front. There were mm-hmm. not a lot of openings. So a lot of the plays that you ran didn't have a chance because mm-hmm. they were overwhelming you at the point of attack. Yeah, yeah. No, I thought they played well defensively. Uh, had a good plan, and um, you know we we didn't do enough to counteract it. And um, say it all the time. I mean, we to move the ball and sustain drives. We got to make blocks, and um, didn't think we were very good at that today. You know, inside or on the perimeter. 
and um, I mean, that's been the problem the last last three outings for us. And now uh, we got to find a way to um, to get better. Um, we got to find a way as coaches to give our, our our players a better chance to win. Yeah, and Navy's defense in this loss at Temple was a major disappointment. The Mids in facing a Temple offense that came into Saturday 113th out of 133 FBS teams in ESPN's offensive efficiency for this season, allowed the Owls to generate 448 total net yards of offense, averaged 7.47 yards per play, and go 6-9 on third downs. The Mids got carved up by Temple quarterback E.J. Warner, who returned from a two-game absence caused by being in concussion protocol. Warner went 27 of 33 for 402 yards, four touchdowns, and two interceptions, and he took no sacks. A very rough Saturday for Maryland, Virginia Tech, Virginia Navy, and Old Dominion, uh, but a very good Saturday for James Madison and Liberty. If you would like tickets to a James Madison game, or to a Liberty game, uh, or to another college football game in the region, or to a Commanders game, or to a Capitals game, or to a Wizards game, download the Game Time app and use the promo code ALGALDI for $20 off your first purchase. Uh, when it comes to buying tickets for sports, music, comedy, and theater, the way to go is with the Game Time app. Game Time offers great deals on last-minute tickets and has a best price guarantee, so you don't have to worry if you're truly going about getting tickets in the best possible way. You see, the Game Time guarantee means that you'll always get the best price because if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. What's also great about game time is how easy it makes searching for tickets. You can search by team, venue, or artist. Uh, I was just on game time looking at tickets for Commander's Games. A lot of good deals. And the seating chart next to the listed tickets made figuring out what exactly I'd be getting super easy. Also, game time is the app for last-minute ticket deals. You don't have to plan months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Game Time also offers flash deals on tickets, and tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. Game Time is the fastest-growing ticketing app in the country. Find out why. Get the tickets without the stress with Game Time, which is offering a special deal for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast. Download the Game Time app Create an account and use the promo code ALGALDI for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply, but download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code ALGALDI for $20 off your first purchase. Download the Game Time app and use that promo code ALGALDI. Game Time, last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right. The Capitals now have played four games in a stretch of five consecutive home games, tied for the team's longest stretch of consecutive home games in this 2023-2024 NHL regular season. The Caps' last road game was a 6-4 loss at the New Jersey Devils on October 25th. The Caps' next road game isn't until a game at the Devils this Friday night, November 10th at 7. The Caps are going half a month (laughs) without a road game, uh, but they on Saturday night recorded a milestone home win. The Caps improved a 5-4-1 in this regular season with a 2-1 win over the Columbus Blue Jackets at Capital One Arena on Saturday night, which was the Caps' 1,000th all-time 
regular season home win. The Caps require the 10th fewest games to reach 1,000 all-time regular season home wins in NHL history. But, you know, I mentioned the Caps record, 5-4-1. and one. Look, the Caps so far this regular season have been far from great, but they are 5-4-1, and 4-1-0 oh, since the 1-3 and one start. Charlie Lindgren was the Caps' starting goaltender on Saturday night as he played in a game for the first time since the Caps' regular season opening 4-0 loss to the Pittsburgh Penguins at Capital One Arena on October 13th. As you may recall, Lindgren missed time due to getting injured during the Caps' morning skate on October 16th. But Lindgren on Saturday night was great. He stopped 34 of the 35 shots on goal that he faced. He, per natural stat trick, stopped 9 of the 10 high danger shots on goal that he faced. He, in the third period, stopped all 14 of the shots on goal that he faced. Here was Caps head coach Spencer Carberry during his postgame press conference on Saturday night on Charlie Lindgren. I thought he was exceptional. And uh, just some of those saves, especially late, because a lot of goaltending as you all know is is timely saves in big moments and the, there was none bigger than that backdoor save the one on um was it 59 coming down who ripped it yeah like there were some um really really quality saves when we're protecting a one goal lead and that's um yeah phenomenal especially having missed a bunch of time right and and to be able to come in and uh, backstop us to a to the win tonight. Um, proud, proud of him. Yeah, the Caps in this 2-1 win over the Blue Jackets on Saturday night, 4-4 on the penalty kill, also totaled 25 block shots, the team's most in a game so far this regular season. Defenseman John Carlson and second-line right-wing TJ Oshie each had a game-high four block shots, although each did commit a minor penalty as the Caps for the game totaled five minors. The Caps have been committing way too many minors, uh, but as for the Caps' goals in the game, top-line right-wing Tom Wilson, top-line Tom, uh, he scored an even-strength goal 12-21 into the first period, and he had three hits, although he did commit a first-period tripping minor, but Wilson on his goal, which was unassisted, collected a loose puck as he was skating through the left circle into the slot and then fired a wrist past Blue Jackets goaltender Elvis Merz-Lickens. And second-line left-wing Sonny Milano, he scored an even-strength goal 17-21 into the first period on a wrister from beneath the left circle off a great pass by defenseman Nick Jensen from the right circle and through the slot to Milano. Uh, two negatives for the Caps. They did go 0-3 on the power play, and defenseman Trevor Van Riemsdyk did suffer a lower body injury and did not return to the game. Next up for the Caps, home to the reigning and defending Eastern Conference champion Florida Panthers, Wednesday night at 7.30. There, of course, is a lot to be thinking about with the NFL team for which Josh Harris is managing partner, but the NBA team for which Josh is managing partner, the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, They have a game against the Wizards on Monday night. Wizards at the Sixers, Monday night at 7. One game for the Wizards over the weekend. They fell to 1-4 and in this 2023-2024 NBA regular season with a 121-114 loss at the Miami Heat on Friday night in what was an historic game for our Wiz. Uh, This game was the Wizards' first game in the NBA's first ever in 
season tournament. Yes, the NBA's inaugural in-season tournament, which is for the ultra-prestigious <laughs> NBA Cup. Uh, yeah, the NBA Cup. Uh, the NBA's first ever in-season tournament is part of the NBA's attempt to add meaning to the league's regular season. The tournament is from November 3rd through December 9th. Uh, the semis on December 7th and the championship game on December 9th will take place at T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. The tournament consists of two stages, group play and knockout rounds, 66 of the 67 games across both stages of the in-season tournament will count toward the regular season standings. The exception is the championship game. Now, if you watched Wizards Heat on Friday night, what had to have stood out to you is the court, uh, which may well have permanently altered your eyesight. <laughs> uh, Wizards Heat featured a special court as part of the NBA's official courts for the league's first ever in-season tournament. Uh, the courts are to be used for group play in the quarterfinals. And per a press release from the NBA last Monday, October 30th, quote, showcase a bold and distinctive design scheme league-wide, making it instantly clear to fans when a game carries NBA in-season tournament implications, end quote. Uh, each special court features what the NBA in that press release called, quote, vibrant and bold colors, end quote, and includes the court being fully painted from edge to edge, a logo of the NBA Cup at center court, and what the NBA in that press release called, quote, a contrasting wash of color from lane to lane, creating a 16-foot-wide runway across the court, End quote. You know, there has been a lot of mocking and a lot of bashing of the NBA's in-season tournament, including the courts, and we're having some scheduled fun with the NBA's in-season tournament, including the courts, on this segment. I'm probably in the minority on this, but I actually don't think that the tournament is so bad. Now, do I truly care about the tournament? No, not really. But at least the NBA is trying something to spice up its regular season, and I actually think that the special courts look good. Uh, you know, there's a tendency in sports and in life for people to hate anything <laughs> that's new. But trying new things is how you grow. And what often happens is that the thing that everyone initially hated ends up becoming something widely accepted. The NBA has a real problem with the league's regular season mattering less and less. Teams themselves don't care about the regular season as much as teams used to. We see that in teams not fighting for playoff seeding beyond making the playoffs and in teams routinely resting players. I mean, do you know that the NBA's new collective bargaining agreement has a minimum games played requirement for awards? Uh, things have gotten so bad with star players not playing in regular season games that the league's new collective bargaining agreement, which took effect this past July 1st and runs through the 2029-2030 season, has a minimum games played requirement for player eligibility for regular season MVP, defensive player of the year, most improved player, and all NBA team and an all-defensive team. Uh, the NBA more and more has become a postseason league. The regular season has lost a lot of juice. And so NBA Commissioner Adam Silver, who's big into soccer, uh, has instituted this uh, soccer-like in-season tournament. I think that it is worth a shot. Uh, although to me, what the NBA should have done to generate more interest in the regular season is adjust the league's calendar. The NBA via COVID had a chance to reset the league calendar. It is crazy to me that the NBA and the NHL, for that matter, compete with the NFL for three plus months. That is suicidal. 
The NBA, instead of starting its regular season in late October, should start the regular season in late December, should start the regular season on Christmas, which the NBA loves to trumpet as an NBA day, uh, although Christmas more and more is becoming an NFL day. But the NBA regular season should start on Christmas, and then the playoffs could last uh, for much of the summer, from mid-June to mid-August. There is very little going on in sports from mid-June to mid-August, other then baseball, and then NFL training camps, but uh, they don't start until late July. I don't get the NBA and the NHL going head-to-head with the NFL like the NBA and the NHL do for multiple months, and the leagues had the chance to reset their calendars with COVID impacting the calendars for multiple seasons, and yet the leagues went right back uh, to their old ways. Like, the Wizards this Sunday afternoon, November 12th, have a game at the Brooklyn Nets at 3. That game will be going head-to-head with the Commanders game at the Seattle Seahawks this Sunday afternoon at 425. The Wizards have a very hard time generating interest right now. Why in the world are they going head-to-head with a Commanders game? What sense does that make? And the NBA schedules the Wizards games, not the Wizards, I get that. Uh, But how are NBA teams well-served in early regular season NBA games going head-to-head with NFL games? Uh, Anyway, the Wizards 121-114 loss at the Heat on Friday night. Uh, The Wizards trailed for the entire second half, including trailing by 25 points in the fourth quarter at 115-90. The Wizards ended the game on a 24-6 run. That made the final score uh, a lot more respectable than it should have been. More bad defense by the Wizards. They allowed the Heat to go 13-27 on threes and a scorching 35 of 53 on twos. The Wizards had no answer for Tyler Hero. They tried Tyus Jones on Hero. They tried Denny Abdia on Hero. They tried Jordan Poole on Hero. But Hero, in 36 minutes, 39 seconds as a starter, 4 of 7 on threes, 5 of 10 on twos, 2 of 2 on free throws. He finished one assist shy of a triple-double. He had 24 points, 10 rebounds, and 9 assists versus three turnovers, and he had two steals. The Wizards' offense in this game actually wasn't bad. They shot well on threes and twos, but were really bad on free throws. The Wizards went 13-28 on threes and 33-53 on twos, but just 9-17 of on free throws. Uh, No Corey Kispert for the Wizards. He did not play due to a sprint left ankle that he suffered in the Wizards' 130-121 loss at the Atlanta Hawks this past Wednesday night. But Daniel Gafford was back. He returned from a two-game absence caused by a sprint left ankle that he suffered in the Wizards' 113-106 win over the Memphis Grizzlies at Capital One Arena now two Saturday nights ago, October 28th. But Gafford on Friday night did not do so well. Uh, He in just 19 minutes, 39 seconds as a starter committed five fouls and committed two turnovers. Uh, He also had four points, five rebounds, and two blocks. And that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can hit me up on X at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Tuesday show, episode 694. We'll have plenty for you on the Commanders, as we on Monday expect to have the day after the game press conference of head coach Rod Rivera off his team improving. Yes, winning. <laughs> uh, getting to four and five in this 2023 NFL regular season with the 2017 win at the New England Patriots on Sunday afternoon. Also on Tuesday's show, I'll talk Wizards as they are at the Philadelphia 76ers Monday night at 7. Have a great rest of your Monday, and I'll talk to you on Tuesday.
What do you think of Sam Howell? Again, Sam Howell is like he's our future. He's our quarterback, and I think we find our next quarterback for the five, ten years, and I truly believe that. Why so? When I look at the plays he makes on the field, and not only does he make great plays on the field, his demeanor after bad plays and not playing well, he's always able to bounce back. And I've seen a lot of great quarterbacks in my time, played against a lot of them, and I think he has the potential to be one of them. So I, I, I'm truly, I can truly say this team is behind Sam Howell 100%. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.